G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 484 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, transmove.com, or you can just send me through an email, tim at transmove.com. How good are the Olympics? Man, I... I I'm, I'm really liking it. My son's just hooked hooked on it. He ended up watching like over an hour of gymnastics the other day. I couldn't do that, but he's just obsessed by it. And then he was getting frustrated with the um, surfing that he couldn't understand the... Um, he can't understand the point scorings. Uh, and he was trying to work it out. He was Googling it. But anyway, he, he's obsessed by it all. But the worst part about the Olympics to me is... Everyone's thinking they can get to the next Olympics, <laughs> or the one after. The, the local swimming pool at the moment has just been packed with all little Olympian um, hopefuls. We've got, uh, I've been swimming a fair bit lately, and especially after school, I, I went there the other day, so um, yesterday swimming, and the place was just packed full of kids and their parents on the pool deck coaching them and looking at their you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kids doing laps and their parents telling what to do, when to do it and how to do it. And it was bizarre. I've never seen anything like it before. And um, they say, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm lo- and look, listening to their advice and looking at the kid uh, doing and thinking, you both have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, a 12 year old just starting to swim wildly unlikely they're going to make it to the olympics i haven't got the heart to tell them tell them how far behind they are those i swim sometimes next to those um squads and um some of those 10 11 12 year old kids they can they can fly they're moving ridiculously quick but anyway yeah the pool's just absolutely and it it's and because they're been watching it on tv they get to the pool they don't know um, the rules of the pool, how you go up one side of the swim lane, you come back down the other side, so you can fit as many people in as you can. And you always give way to the fastest person in, in that lane. And you never wait till they hit the wall and take off. That You're not supposed to ever do that. You're supposed to give way because they're probably going to hit the wall, tumble turn or hit the wall and turn and take off again and so if you wait till they hit the wall and then take off you just are going to be side by side and it's just going to cause havoc so i'm getting a lot of that going on at the moment but i'm sure things are going to be settling down very soon it's like um the first of january the gyms are all packed because everyone's got new year's resolutions <laughs> it's, and then by the 20 23rd of january everything's back to normal so we'll, we'll see if that works out anyway today's question comes from Lachlan, who uh, did yesterday's question too, uh, who writes, uh, in what way would you structure a program differently if it was a sole focus on improving one or only one leg of the triathlon rather than all three? Say what kind of weekly structure... Sorry, I'll say that again. Easy for me to say. What kind of weekly schedule would you use to train for a 180-kilometer time trial bike race, assuming that there is no training for running and swimming? Same goes for the other two legs. What kind of changes would you make to your weekly volume slash intensity? I like this question because I don't think I've been asked this question before. Um, not on the podcast anyway. So it's, I, I like this. So it gets me thinking that's outside my normal. So I've said it in the past 
You've got to create. Um, I'll, I'll start off with this, and I'll work my way into your to your question. You got to start off with a weekly structure of what your training week looks like. So let's let's you, you're doing Ironman in May next year. So excuse me, excuse me, excuse. Um, you're doing an Ironman in May next year. So let's say you've created a, a template of what your weekly schedule will look like, and and. You, and what you know, for, and what I mean by that is, you know, Monday you might have Monday, Wednesday, Friday swim days. Tuesday, th- Tuesday might be Tuesday might be bike bike run. Wednesday might be a, another uh, swim run. Um, Thursday might be bike uh, bike run. Um, Friday might be swim bike. Saturday might be your long bike ride. Sunday might be your long run, for instance, and maybe an optional swim on Sunday. Just a, a blank. That might let's say you you've worked that out to be your generic um, template. What you do every single week, you can repeat this cycle every single week, no troubles. Um, now, what you do within those. Is going to change depending on this time of the year, what you're focusing on, um, and how close you are for the, from the race. Everything else, it, it, what you, what's in there will change, but that whole skeleton of your temp, weekly template it stays the same. I, I create um, these for every athlete I coach. Um, do, they all, you know, and the goal is to try and optimize this as as often as you can. So one week, you, you know, as you're going, you think, oh, I could probably put in an extra ten minutes here and on this, that, there, on, or, or this. I'm getting a bit suffocated here, but if I move the bike to the and make that a run day, that free up this. I've got to take my, you know, daughter to, for me. I've got to take my daughter to singing tonight. That gives me an opportunity to run for forty-five minutes, you know. And you can create your own template. Every athlete I have has a template, and um, and they're all different templates depending on a whole lot of their circumstances and available training hours. And so you've got your complete structure. Now, what you what your goal is from here is now you want to talk about. Um, you want to improve on one discipline, so we'll, we'll back it off. Instead of just calling it all, you know, I only want to focus purely on bike for the 180. We'll get into that in a second. But let's just say um, you want to improve the bike, and so you, so you're looking at your your structured week. You think oh, I'm doing three swims, I'm doing four bike rides, four runs. Right. So I might back back one of those runs, get rid of one of those runs, make that a bike ride. And then you can start looking at the whole week of what you maybe take, maybe take, you know, one possibly two runs away, or one swim, one bike. Sorry, one swim, one run away. So you can have two extra bike rides into it, and then you can look at it. It's got to make sense. Everything I do, I write it on a piece of paper first. So I write uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on top of a piece of paper. And I'll put a an S for swim, a B for bike, R for run, a G for gym or strength training. And if it makes sense on a blank piece of paper, this is before I add anything into the training sessions alone. But if, if it makes sense on a blank piece of paper, then I can I've got something I can start working towards, start working with. Now it may look completely different than what's on that blank piece of paper by the time I create a, the actual program. But that creates a bit of a template, a bit of a a roadmap of where we're heading in in your generic week, and so create that piece of paper. Get that piece of paper, 
do your generic week and then you can take things away or add things off from that particular training structure that you have like um for, for myself for example i've got this one particular uh, I, I work on a four-week template for myself and it never changes that particular cycle um, when I'm injured, I've just taken out all my, my, when I got injured on my runs and I couldn't run for a while, all my runs came out of that template, but the whole structure of the template stayed the same and I just added different things in. I'm obviously not doing six hour bike rides on, um, on the weekends, so that, but, but that is still a bike ride day, so that gets decreased to two hours or three hours. Um, so it all, it all flows um, on the same thing and I do that. For a different, for for a couple of different things, I know I can repeat this week in week out, all year round. Second is, uh, and for my athletes, this goes the exact same. They can repeat this cycle week in week out, all year round. The second part is their their families know what to expect too. There, um, there's no no surprise, and you've got to be flexible with this too. You you know oh you know I can't be can't do this Wednesday. That's my run day. Well, maybe I can move that here or there or whatever it is, but you but you go back into that structure as soon as you can. But your family knows what to expect, when to expect it, and how to expect it. And you can and you've worked that in and around them. Um, and on a side note, I've said this a few few times: over communicate with your family too when creating these um, structures and creating I plans and stuff. Over communicate with your families. Such a key. I listened to this podcast um, recently. I've actually been hooked on it. It's Jeff Jarrett's podcast. He's a um, wrestler, old-time wrestler, and um, he, he was talking about if you know they they deep dive in particular in certain parts of his life. And there was um, parts um, he he may, he may have said something so. So it really struck with me where he said, was talking about um, failed business adventures, failed programs with um, other other wrestlers like he was supposed to be wrestling Hulk Hogan and how that failed and um, all these different... There's one key ingredient to all these failures that's come up, the lack of communication. Lack of communication. Just you got to think about that one. The key, every single thing, he says, just about every single failure he's done in business, in wrestling, and in life, all came down to that lack of communication. So, I'm 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 steering off on a different different direction here. So, I apologize. I I just really like that. But um, but now that I've said all that, where you've created the structure, um. For the bike, if you were only do it now, I'll actually start answering your questions. <laughs> if you, um, when it comes to bike, if you were to look at a triathlon um, cyclist, a triathlon rider program, and then you looked at a pure cyclist program, um, there's a lot of difference there. The, um, you just about every single session that a pure cyclist will do, there's some form of intensity in there. Um, even their easy recovery rides, they're going to have some form of um, small 
intervals in there just to help stimulate their body and help enhance recovery but just about every single ride you'll see um from a cycling point of view there's an intensity bring that back to triathlons because we've got swimming we've got running um a different type of strength training um the doing nothing but <laughs> adding intensity into just about every single ride that generally doesn't work out too well you can do it for short terms short spurts um but it's generally not a long-term term thing now if you're doing cycling you can run on a, a template of um uh speed day one day strength day the next an aerobic day the the, the for the third day and you can kind of repeat that constantly throughout the throughout the course but it also goes back to what's the event you're training for and what are the demands on that race and then it goes back to you got to reverse engineer that so you're looking at the demands so if you want want to improve um let's call it the bike um, what parts do you need improving on? What, what's the data telling you? Your training log probably tells you somewhere. There is are you really starting to see a power fade, power power fade to in in the last part of the bike. Then that may need you may need to be focusing more on um, longer rides. It may also mean that you need to um, focus on um, longer rides as well as some strength strength work on the bike. I'm uh, getting some um or may uh, what do you what do you like on the hills are you dying on hills are you dying um once once your watts go over threshold you you virtually on the downward slope from there very very quickly so it's just a matter of looking at your training log um highlighting your weaknesses looking at the race you're training for highlighting the demands of that race and then see what areas you need to improve um, as for running um, to improve running a lot of that comes down to efficiency um, and volume if you look at um, if you were to look at a, a sub three hour marathoner their average the average kilometers they're doing is generally at least for the i don't know 16 weeks leading into it it's generally 100k run weeks plus there's not many people going sub three hours that are doing 45 45 kilometers running every week um so and and out of a, let's say they do let's say you're doing 100ks of running a week for instance for for, for the for a marathon you're probably only doing um, one, two, generally two um, key, key sessions a week. Maybe a little spice on that long run. And the rest is generally done easy. Just putting miles in the legs to become more efficient. Um, for swimming, um, swimming is one of those things where once your technique is right, once your, once your technique's right, um, it's a matter of um, focusing on power and volume in the water. It, re- it really does. Once, um, so for that first part of um, swimming, 
it really is going to pay dividends to either get someone to watch you swim, to you spend as much time as you possibly can um, developing that technique in the water. So underwater her cameras, her filming yourself underwater, um, getting a coach to be on pool deck to give you tips along the way, whatever you got um, to help improve that technique um, the best you possibly can get it. And then that's, after that, you start worrying about volume and um, intensity and become as strong, as strong into the water as you can. But there's no point worrying going out there and doing 7K swim sets if your technique's um, not right. So you have to drop all that volume, get your technique right, and then you can slowly build it back up. So, but I, I think I've answered your question. But that it's just as... Um, doing it individually um, that that's what you and then with swimming uh, all session generally if you're just doing three sessions a week my half most of that's generally higher in you know it's you're hovering at threshold more times than not if you were going um, I got one athlete who swims Monday to Friday at the moment and one to two of his um, swim sessions is done towards more on the easier side um, and it's just miles just miles in the pool for him um, he's not going to see much benefit from doing that in the week or two of doing it but in um, in the long term he's going to be really grateful to doing what he's doing now and I, and he's got a good long term goal he he's dreaming of Kona um, in good you know after after college so um, I think he'll do really well. It just put puts the hard hard yards in now and he'll he'll be grateful. I hope that helps. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com. Until next episode, hooroo.